Hello, and welcome to the Vvolution podcast. Since starting in late 2016, Vvolution has been creating inspiring events for the plant-powered generation. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by plant-based thought leaders from the Vvolution stage. Swati is a global expert and champion of girls' rights. In this talk, she explores how females are more negatively impacted by climate change than males. She also discusses how being more conscious of intersectional feminist change can be one of the biggest forces for transformative environmental impact. This talk was recorded at She Loves Plants 2019. Hi everyone, thanks so much. Just give me a second, I've got uh, a couple of notes. Um, I'm really, really grateful um, for this opportunity to speak to you all, to be here as part of uh, She Loves Plants, and a big thank you to Damien and Judy and the whole Vvolution team for making this happen. Um, like everyone on the um, sessions today, I am also really nervous. I'm used to doing a lot of these talks in front of governments and UN agencies, but never to Joe Public. So I really, really hope that some of these things resonate with you all. So my name is Swati, um, I'm the director of the With and For Girls Collective. We are a group of nine funders and we use our power, our privilege and our funding to give funding to girl-led and girl-focused organisations all around the world. We give them unrestricted, flexible funding because we recognise that girls are agents of change. They are underrepresented, they're underestimated, they're underfunded, and they're underrecognized. And the reason that I want to focus on girls at an event like She Loves Plants is to ask you, as people who are here that have taken positive steps to consume in a different way or are hoping to take positive steps, I want you to think about why we shouldn't eat the girls. So, why girls? Growing up at the moment, it's really shit to be a girl, and it's more shit than being a boy. Globally, 15 million girls will never have the opportunity to go to primary school. And 15 million girls are child brides. That's one every two seconds of girls under the age of 18 that are getting married. 71% of trafficking victims are women and girls. And sadly, only 0.2% of all the funding that goes from philanthropy actually goes towards girls, women, and the environment. And of all the funding that's going out in the world at the moment, only 0.2 cents of every dollar is even going to adolescent girls. So you're probably asking, why am I here talking about the girls? What does this even have to do with the environment? Well, we know that some of these factors that are affecting girls at the moment are to do with the patriarchy. And by that, I mean the social structure that is actually keeping power in the hands of men and not of girls who are regularly discluded from it. But there are also environmental reasons why patriarchy is toxic, not just for girls, but for the environment. 
one of the things that I was just talking to Venetia about earlier was just thinking, was just reflecting on the panels that have already happened. Don't you think about when you're consuming products, when women are being asked to look a certain way, to behave a certain way, to wear clothes in a certain way? That's the patriarchy. The patriarchy is the, organi is the organized structure that is, is focused on women being, being consumers of something that makes them feel better, look better. And I think one of the things that I was really thinking about that's ironic is that we're here for International Women's Day and to celebrate International Women's Day. International Women's Day started in 1908 as a result of the women's garment workers strike in New York City. It was a strike that came together because women organized against capitalist economic structures that were preventing them from actually being paid fair, and they organized and striked for the day, and that's the origins. But when we ask ourselves, what does the, what does the patriarchy actually do for the environment, there are lots of different researchers out there at the moment. Um, there's a group called Do Your Green Thing, and they've done a lot of work around why patriarchy is really toxic, not just for women and girls, but for the environment. So their research shows, and they've looked at data that sits across UN, World Health Organization, and the Journal of Consumer Behavior there is a gender gap in climate action. And recent research shows that women outperform men in every single environmental behavioral issue. So women litter less, they recycle more, they leave a smaller carbon footprint, and men avoid green behavior that they think is feminine. There was a really interesting research that happened uh, by the Journal of Consumer Research, which actually said that, you know, doing things that are more green actually emasculates men. It makes them feel that they're doing something feminine. And actually, a lot of them think that carrying a bag that's um, a recyclable bag or a reusable bag is seen as more feminine. Eating more meat is more masculine. So all of these things have a resonance that actually affects our environment. So second, climate affects girls and women disproportionately higher than they do women, when, than they do men and boys. So really, when you, when you think about this, you think about, well, how is climate change affecting the world? We can see that there's more droughts happening, that there's more uh, floods happening, there's more natural disasters. 80% of people displaced because of climate change are women and girls. They are 14 times higher than, um, they will be 14 times higher than to actually be affected by climate change. And actually in some of the worst disasters in the world, almost 90% of the fatalities caused by climate change are on women and girls. And this is because Women and girls are more likely to be socially minded, to look after and stay with the children, to stay with the elderly, to not be equipped with the resources and the skills to be able to flee when there are natural disasters. And thirdly, the research from Do Your Green Thing shows 
that amplifying women and girls' voices is absolutely necessary. Like most places in the world, girls and women are completely not in spaces where power or decision is even made. At every decision-making table, there are more men than women. And really interestingly, there was a research done on 120 countries around the world, and they showed that actually when there were more female parliamentarians, they were more likely for that country to actually take up green actions as policies compared to when there were not females within parliamentary spaces. Um, Alongside that, 25% of people that are on the international panel on climate change, so the world's biggest forums around climate change, only 25% are women. Um, and we know that actually most of the agricultural workforce in the world, 43% of the agricultural workforce is women-owned, really small-hold businesses that don't have resources, they don't have power. And you also think about where where girls even are able to have access to land. There are so many countries around the world where women and girls can't even afford, they're not allowed to own land, they're not allowed to have bank accounts. All of these power structures stay with men. So, put simply, climate change is sexist. Men are the ones making the decisions. Patriarchy is a huge driving factor into the behaviours that actually are leading towards a much greater risk to our environment. And the people that are the most affected by climate change are women and girls. As I said earlier, 80% of people displaced because of climate change are women and girls. And we know that girls are disproportionately affected. There are stories, we have so many of our groups that we work with around the world. Um, when there is a drought, women and girls are often the ones that are, um, are affected by the drought. Um, they are the ones that, there's also been studies showing about how um, child marriage goes up exponentially in drought um, as families really struggle with scarcity. And we also know that in situations like flooding around the world, there's so many studies around how when um, floods happen, women and girls often have to turn to prostitution in order to make ends meet. So you can see how there's a ripple effect of how climate change is even affecting girls day in and day out around the world. So, the beauty of what I do is um, see that there is this amazing movement around the world of women and girls who are organizing. It's not all doom and gloom, and there aren't just faceless people working on this issue. Um, girls are organizing all around the world at the moment. Um, and actually, if we really think about the power of movements and amplifying women and girls' voices, especially girls of colour. This is absolutely necessary in the fight towards climate change. So what we've seen with With and For Girls is that 
the power of girls organizing. Girls are in each of their communities around the world. They're the ones that are in the forefront of the violent confrontations with government, with police, with mining companies who are taking ancestral lands away that are polluting water tables. Women and girls, and girls especially, are showing up every single day to make change happen. They are not just uplifting the communities for themselves, but for clean, healthy, and safe environments for everybody. But sometimes we often forget that these activists even exist. And at the moment, if everything is to go by, we're seeing a real consumption on things like girl power. You can buy notebooks and, and, and key rings and t-shirts and all sorts. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, why are we even commodifying this issue without giving girls and women the actual power and, and the privilege that we all have standing here, sitting here in London? Activism itself is like a term that has, it has got Anglo-Saxon roots. Um, what we think of as an activist is someone who marches, who works the street, and yet those indigenous girls that I see, that all the very, very disprivileged domestic workers in places like Mali, you know, they're not seen as, as activists, but they just have to show up every day for their communities regardless, because they're not just a girl one moment, an indigenous person the next, someone who's affected by climate change the next. They're, they have to hold all of those things with themselves at all points. You probably all know this wonderful image of Greta Thunberg. She's 16 years old, she's organizing a big global climate march around the world on the 19th of March, I believe. And I hope you guys are all gonna join her and us. Um, she is a face that represents that girls are organizing. At just 16 years old, she knows that the world is not right, um, that the future lies in the hands, not just of the young, but it will also affect them the most. One thing that's great about Greta is her power and her strength, but I think like images of Malala, these images seem really isolated. They seem like there's, not a, there's only a few of these girls. What we see through our work at With and For Girls is just that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of girls around the world organizing every single day. They aren't voiceless, they're not, um, they're, they're not voiceless, they're absolutely active in their communities. And those figures that I showed you earlier really show about how little funding we're even giving them. The beauty of what we do with With and For Girls is we're a collective of nine organizations. Every year we spend over $200 million on giving funding to gender equity, to LGBTI rights, to lots of different issues affecting gender. But the one thing that we do with With and For Girls is we actually put our power in the hands of girls because girls never get a seat at that table. They never get to make a decision as to where that money goes. It's sad, but most funding comes from the global north. Most people making de decisions are middle-aged white men. There are no diverse faces within philanthropy or very limited faces in philanthropy. Um, and yet, what we do is we have panels of girls in places like Lebanon, in Egypt, in Romania, in the Philippines, in India, 
in Mexico City, and we give them the power on actually making decisions on where our funding goes to, and it goes to other groups that are led exclusively by adolescent girls. One thing as well that really resonated, and I'm sorry that this image is not that great, it was the only one that I could find, is um, last year I was really privileged to, um, to facilitate a panel of um, girls of color around the world who were organizing. And I met Takata Iron Eyes. Uh, she was just 13 at the time. She's from the Shio tribe in Dakota. And some of you might have followed the uh, No DAPL, the No Dakota Access Pipeline. So Takata comes from the indigenous community that was absolutely affected by um, a new pipeline that was going to go right through the Indian reservation, pollute their water tables. She herself was just 13 when she organized something that became a global movement to actually stop that water pipeline, not just trampling over ancestral lands, but polluting water tables, affecting wildlife, leading to much more issues within climate change. One thing that I was really struck by when I was speaking to Takata was really just about how Indigenous girls are completely locked out of discussions that involve climate, although they're the ones that are at the forefront of defending the climate at the foreground. Um, I remember as well with Takata watching as the, um, as the American government was water hosing the activists down. And all she could say and all the other young people and girls at the front of that was, we love you. We love you. Just looking at hate in the eyes with that of love was just so powerful. Um, and it really reminds us that when we talk about climate, why are we purporting an Anglo-Saxon view? Why don't we have much more girls of color, much more indigenous girls, LGBTI, non-gender non conforming folk? Um, why don't we have those that are more differently abled at the forefront of these discussions and these debates? The other thing that I also wanted to bring up is I was really inspired by a talk um, that was given, a TED talk that was given by Catherine Williamson. And this was regarding a large project that some of you may know of called Project Drawdown. Project Drawdown was looking at, and it convened experts across economics, across politics, um, scientists, uh, those economists, people working across all sectors to look at actually, if we really want to support the environment, how can we not just stop what's happening, but actually reverse things like CO2 emissions in coming down? And they worked on a really long list. I would really encourage you to have a look at their 100 top list of what we really need to be doing right now, not just to lower, but to actually reverse um, negative climate impact changes. And actually, what was really interesting about that research is, you know, we, we see a lot within the media around how things like solar panels or electric vehicles um, are, you know, great for the environment. There's no questions given to it. Where do they come on the list? So solar panels comes in at number 10 as one of their, one of their solutions. Electric vehicles as 26. But educating girls comes in at number six. So let me just say that again. Educating girls 
is number six in reducing negative impact on climate change, as shown by lots and lots of different experts across the board. Why? Well, girls who are educated are able to live longer. They're able to be more economically capable. They are likely to have fewer children. And they're actually equipped with the skills to be able to flee and to, and to save themselves and others when climate actions strike. So really, I want, and if you were wondering, uh, having a more plant-based diet is number four on that list. So uh, it's great to be here within that context. I think all of these things have to happen together. So I really want to leave you with a thought on girls are really a force to be reckoned with. Um, sometimes I'm like most of you guys, you switch on the TV, watch different social media channels, you watch all sorts of, you read different sorts of things um, across media and you're like, fuck, this world is shit. <laughs> the one thing that I would say is that the absolute infectious energy of girls that are organizing in the world gives me such hope every single day I show up. Um, they are the ones that like are just so powerful in the face of like the most utterly awful conditions around the world. Um, our funding supports groups in the UK to Syria, the US to Samoa, uh, Pakistan to Germany, Mali, uh, to the Philippines. So we are all over the world because we know that there is not one country where girls are better off than in any other countries. Um, so please, girls are a force to be reckoned with. Um, they are crucial in centering climate change. Uh, when you're thinking about consuming and buying tops like girl power, please ask yourself and take yourself back to that conversation at the beginning or that point on why International Women's Day even started. It was about actually going against economic capitalist structures that were actually holding women back. So when you're buying those things, thinking, think about actually how sustainable is it? Who made it? Are girls being affected by it? Um, and I just want to leave you with the fact that, you know, Beyonce said it the best, but who run the world? Girls. And just to leave you with, if you want to find out more about what we're doing, um, there's a link there for uh, giving funding. Uh, all of the funding goes directly to girl-led, girl-sectored organizations. Again, the money is... Um, is, is given with, the, with girls making those decisions. Me, my team, all of us collective partners, none of us take the decisions on where the funding goes. Uh, the funding is completely determined by panels of adolescent girls around the world. Um, and you can also find out more about us at the website. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. By doing this, you'll be helping get messages about inspirational, positive, plant-powered living into people's earbuds. Till the next time, take care, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.